from the ocean depths to the furthest reach of the horizon. We gather together for the Fret Talk podcast. I'm Josh from the Midwest of America. You don't know me, nor should you. I am no one. Together we take this journey. We open our minds to the quest for hidden knowledge. Instead, we get to hear Budget Pedal Chat saying shit like this. Boobs, I mean, boobs are fantastic, aren't they? Yes, they are, sir. Yes, they are. Welcome, 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 Fret Talk listeners. You are here with your host, Mr. Budgie Pedal Chap. Saying welcome again for this week. And you are here with Mr. Matt Quine. Say hi, Matt. Hi, Matt. Whee! Classic. <laughs> Episode Never number 60, old. Matt. Yes, absolutely. Oh, we're nine away from just laughter for an entire cast, aren't we? Yeah, I don't think that one's going to go very well, to be honest. I think we're <laughs> probably going to go a little off-paste. But 60 episodes, yeah. man. I mean, that's that's a lot of time, isn't it? It's a long while, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So, I think we should probably get started. What have you been up to this week, Matt? Uh, I've been up to a hell of a lot, which is surprising considering I also took time out to do a 24-hour walk for charity. You did, yes, yeah. It was, uh, it was the following day after last cast, wasn't it? Uh, it was Saturday and Sunday. I think we cast. Did we cast on the? No, we cast on Thursday. Didn't yeah, we, we did. Yeah. So I had Friday night off. Then oh, I yeah, had you did. Yeah. Saturday day walking. Saturday night gigging. Back into overnight into Sunday morning. Back to the walking again. <laughs> Shit, man. Into the Sunday night gigging. Into Monday night gigging. <laughs> Absolute monster. Okay, yeah. so. Um, the walking went well, I'm assuming. Yeah, I managed to do 34 miles across the 24 hours, which is not too bad. That's uh, that's pretty impressive. Kudos to you, man. Cheers, yeah. And it, it's it's helped towards the Matt tries not to be a fat bastard as well, because I lost eight pounds in the week. You, you would, walking that many miles. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, no, it was all went good. But yeah, um, so uh, basically I walked for five hours and then got in a car and drove to the first gig. Nice. <laughs> Which was probably the best I played the entire weekend. Um, like I said, we had a gig the Saturday, gig the Sunday, gig the Monday. And I dropped the OCD onto the board um, yes, just because I yeah. wanted to try it out. And I had issues because I couldn't boost it with a tube screamer because it was just saturating everything a little bit too much. Yeah, yeah. The way the tube screamer is set up with the hot cake doesn't work with the OCD. Yeah, yeah, because you, 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 the idea behind the OCD was that it was a more driven sound, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but apart from that, it worked really well. It meant that I had 
for the first time in a long time, I had a, a sound that I was happy with for a low gain drive and a high gain drive, as well as my clean sound. Yeah. Um, which just meant that you, I could like kick in extra bits, and it just made me feel like I could do whatever I wanted. I wasn't like trying to tweak things to try and get the sound that I was looking for. It was just step step on that pedal, and it just works, and it's just what I wanted. Um, and things like uh, we do bubbles by Biffy Clyro. Um, yeah, yeah. And like when you can just kick in an extra level of drive as it as it hits in the middle of the chorus. And then drop it back out again. It's just, it just made me feel really happy on stage, um, and I think it's probably the best I've played in a long time because of that. Yeah, I mean, there's there's something to say about the, to say about the psychological effects of dialing in your tone, right? Isn't there? Yeah, I mean, like like I say, because I wasn't like thinking, oh, I wish I had like a little bit more push there, or. Oh, that's not quite enough drive because I wasn't even thinking about that. You just get to enjoy yourself and throw yeah, yourself yeah. around the stage a bit more. Yeah, I, rem- I remember back to because I used to gig a, uh, a spider valve, a line six spider valve combo, um, and it like the how the night would go would really depend on how the sound engineer wanted you to have the sound on stage. Yeah. If they were one of these guys that was like, no, quiet as possible, and I'll I'll have it all running through the PA, it wouldn't quite get the the power section saturating. Yeah, and because of that, it sounded just really thin and shitty, and I would have a shitty night because of it. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll quickly skip forward to night three. We'll forget about Sunday night for a minute. Monday night was a tiny stage. It's basically a shipping container. Um. It's the one that we had issues with in TT week, but um, yeah, it's yeah. back in a different... They've moved the paddock away from it, so there's no riders right behind it anymore. Yeah. But the sound engineer wanted us really, really quiet on stage so that he could drive it all with the PA. And I had my Vox turned down quieter than I would have it at home. That's how quiet he wanted it. To the point where I couldn't hear it. Yeah. And I think it's possibly the worst gig I've played this year. Oh yeah, yeah. Because probably, yeah. I couldn't hear myself. I basically for the chord bits I just went from sight and just looked at where my hands were and hoped that I was playing the notes I thought I was playing. <laughs> yeah. And then for lead I would go down to one knee so I could put my right ear on the speaker. <laughs> Very rock and roll, just like a <laughs> a rock pose for every solo. They're like, man, that guy's really uh really getting into the music. No, he's actually just yeah. trying to hear the music. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, uh, we had people out front saying it sounded great out front, and that's wonderful, but I really struggled. Yeah, yeah. It was just so frustrating when you, you, like, just anything, you can't hear a thing. All I could hear, I was stood between a bass amp and a t- snare drum, or a ba- like the drum kit, so it's the worst place, possible place in the universe to stand anyway. Yeah. And then to be told I couldn't turn up loud enough so that the bass amp that was further away from me, I could hear louder than my guitar. It was just, I I really struggled. I played a lot of bum notes and I was really disappointed after it. Yeah, it it deflates you, doesn't it? It really does. It does. And having an AC30, uh, sorry, an AC15 and not being able to wind it up a bit, it's like having a, a fucking V8 car doing the school run, isn't it? It, it's yeah it's just 
everything that I didn't like. I I could have brought my ten watt Ibanez practice amp. Yeah, and it would have been fine. Being as loud and probably would have got yeah. a better tone because you could crank <laughs> it a bit. Yeah. Oh yeah. man. I could have. Oh, it, was, it was so frustrating and like just it just sounded crap when you could hear it. Yeah. Um, but the biggest thing I noticed was because it was down so quiet when yeah. I was changing between like Les Paul and Strat and Telly on the, on the, on the Variax, there was yeah. an even bigger differential in volume. Yeah. Cause, Cause it's, obviously yeah, it's pushing the front ends a bit harder. <laughs> yeah. So like every time I turned to the Les Paul, the sound engineer's waving at me and pointing down, and I'm just like, fuck off. Yeah, he's just giving, yeah, giving the middle finger, wave back. Just smile yeah. and wave back, and then, just like, hi. <laughs> that would have been great. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, like I say, the, the sound differentials, like I was I was struggling with that as well, because you could, it, it, there's people trying to get your attention, telling you to do stuff when you're trying to play, just, it, it was so off-putting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean that it's one of the things that um a lot of people bitch about on the um on the Variax forums is the differentials between the uh between the different models. Um and I, I, I get it, I, I understand that if you're trying to like if you want like uniformity across the patches, but it's it's what the guitars do. Like if you're putting a guitar with humbuckers into an amp, it's gonna drive it more than a strat. <laughs> It's gonna drive and more than a telly. I get that, but as a live use tool, I think yeah. I will be going into the editor and setting them all at a flat volume. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, like I say, for, for what I need it for, I don't need a twenty decibel jump between the telly bridge pickup and a Les Paul neck pickup. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's what happens if you had a Les Paul and you had a telly. There, there is a, a, a volume differential. There is, yeah. And it's um, something that you you would have to deal with then anyway. Uh, yeah. I, I find it oddly charming that it, it does, it's it's that accurate, that it's not just... Well, that's that, and that's the thing. It's it's about accuracy, and it's just another thing that shows how how accurate those those guitars are in terms of the, the modelling side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I... I I spent uh spent this weekend with um basically playing thin Lizzy tunes at volume um on the on the uh, Les Paul bridge pickup and it was doing everything harmonically that I bitched about like three weeks ago that it doesn't. <laughs> it's just it was wicked. <laughs> it yeah, it just turn, it turns out you need to turn up your amp a bit and then it's it's fine. It just it does all the squeals and all of the just everything. Yeah. It's just amazing. Um, yeah. So yeah, um, is that is that your week? Your week in guitar. I, I, I will I will speak about gig two now, okay, which yeah. was the Sunday night. Um, we turned up to an outdoor stage. Yep. On a day where it's not forecast to rain. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> we are on a stage where the back half of the stage where the amps are. Yeah, it's covered, but the front half of the stage where you are and your pedal board is not, not so covered. covered. <laughs> there were two bands on before us; both of them played their entire set fine. We were then supposed to play, and then as we kicked into our last song, there was supposed to be a fireworks display that we were going to play Coldplay "Yellow" to, which is something that's long enough for them to do a full fireworks display. Yeah, 
as we hit the opening chord, uh, sorry, as the other guitarist hits the opening chord to the intro to Take Me Out by um, Franz Ferdinand, yeah, yeah. the heavens open. Oh, dear. <laughs> and it's only a little bit of light drizzle, and we're thinking we might just about get away with this. It's not RPA, it's somebody else's PA and all that stuff. So, But my pedal board starts getting wet, the other guitarist's pedal board and the bassist's pedal board. And then yeah. as the rest of the band comes in for the bit that brings it into um, the start of the like first proper verse, mm-hmm. the heavens really start to open, at which point yeah. I'm standing there in the pissing rain holding my Cabernita going, I don't want this to get wet. I don't want my pedal board to get wet. And then yeah. the sound engineer pops out of the tent from the side of the stage and is waving his hands going, no, you must stop now. Yeah. Um, and it was yeah, it was just absolute chaos. And I did a ninety-second gig. <laughs> nice. Um, the pedal board mostly survived. Okay. What mostly survived? What What are our casualties on this? The casualties are the ABY box. Yeah. Um, the radio is it radial? I can't even remember who, yeah, who yeah. it's by. Um. Because I didn't have the second amp plugged in, so there was a oh, there was jack hole exposed, for, the wa- yeah. for the water to get in. Uh, okay. And for some reason, my Wampler Decibel. Oh, no. So I don't know whether it just needs opening up, drying out, yeah, like properly drying out, but um, I, I dried everything as, as you know, yeah. best I could. I basically took the, took the board apart, left it all out, Put put it all back together and turned it on. That wouldn't turn on, and the ABY box didn't turn on. Oh, um, shit. So both of them, I'm going to open up myself because obviously water damage is not covered by warranties or anything. No, oh, not not at all. They're so not meant to I'll be submerged, are they? No. So I'll open them up and see what's what. But I mean, I, we got paid for the gig, um, and it would cover one of the two. Um, what we were, what we earned from the gig, and it's yeah. just kind of a lesson learned for me, kind of. Even if you are outside um, and you don't think it's going to rain, yeah. if you feel any rain, just stop and move your pedal board, regardless of whether everyone else is still playing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it, it's, I mean, it then becomes a cost, doesn't it? It's yeah, it's that it's cost you to do that that gig. It, yeah, and it's a bit unfortunate, but you know, it, it, like I say, I should have. Taken the lead and said, "No, my shit's getting wet. I want. To, I need to stop yeah, rather yeah, than yeah. just trying to soldier on through, which is what I did." Yeah, yeah, completely. I mean, even even really... if it was just like move your stuff under the the covered section of the the tent and yeah. then try and carry on as best as you could, then. But yeah, and the the other thing I'm really glad about is that I wasn't using the Variax for that gig. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I imagine that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't think they they handle water too well. I I, I haven't tried. Who knows, Can't comment. You know, yeah. But um, the Cabernet is fine. The Cabernet on. takes a little bit of water damage. I mean, it, like I say, it's it was in the rain for less than ninety seconds. Yeah. Um, and the other good thing, I, I was actually glad that I was wireless because electricity can't travel up wireless. <laughs> it, yeah, that's true. That is true. <laughs> so if something shorted, I couldn't get electrified. So, yeah, unless you <laughs> just so happen to be touching something. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, that's about my weekend playing. If we don't take them into account, the fact that I finally plugged the Variax into my laptop. 
Oh, did you? I've I've only had a very quick play about, but um, I've started started having a look around. And and what were your thoughts? Very quickly, go on. Um, it's an interesting like the amount of things that you can do, like put Les Paul pickups into a Dan Electro DC fifty nine. Yeah, uh, um, <laughs> it's essentially like it's like a modders workshop without actually having to do anything really. Yeah, it, it is. It's like modding your guitar on the computer. Yeah, yeah. It's it, it's almost like um, like a like a trial for modding something. And if if you really like how the the Variax models it, you you could then go and do it to a to a proper guitar and have that that modification. Um, yeah, I I did I I played a bit with the uh, the Variax settings as well myself this week. Um, those who follow my Instagram will will uh, have seen some of that. Um, basically, I, um, I I I wanted to do some some Queen stuff. And realised that that was a kind of blind spot of the Variax. Um, that <laughs> the strap models were okay, but weren't really getting there. Um, and you couldn't really get that that kind of Brian May tone, especially the kind of the out of phase um, strap pickups. So yeah. I, I kind of I, I gave myself a mission of trying to recreate Brian May's tone. So and and that's what I did. So I used the the Dan Electro body um, because uh, Brian May's uh, Red Special is is a chambered chambered body. He, he chambered it for that kind of that additional resonance, so that it would feedback easy. Um, but because of that, it gives like the the body gives a certain tone. Uh, so I, I decided that the Dan Electro would probably be the be the one. Especially because it's like a homemade guitar as well, and is a bit, <laughs> a bit like sheddy. Um, yeah, that that is just the Dan Electro vibe. So I thought that'll be a good place to start. Um, I used the strap pickup, so you you standard three strap pickups in the position that you would have them in a strap. Uh, and like I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, my my strap models I've tweaked a little bit. I've changed the cap values and changed the the pot values to kind of darken them up a bit. Uh, yeah. So I kept that because I know Brian May's uh, like the Trisonic pickups are quite dark sounding, um, and then I've I've basically have, I've got two different settings and a, and a and a strap neck pickup. So I've got um, bridge and neck, and then position two is bridge and neck out of phase. Out of phase. And then I've got like middle and neck, and then middle and neck out of phase because they're quite common uh, qu- common positions that Brian May uses. Yeah, um, and honestly, I don't miss just the the single bridge pickup um, because it 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 sounds like Brian May, like the 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 neck and neck and bridge. Um, yeah, and I I posted up a, a like a really shoddily played <laughs> short clip of me uh, me doing a kind of uh, Queen inspired lick. Um, and it's got that real kind of harmonic squeal that you get with the Brian May pickups, the pickup sound. Yeah, was was that one of the out of phase positions it, you were using? Yeah, it was. I, I believe it was the neck and the bridge together out of phase. Yeah, uh, which is it's Brian May's kind of signature tone, isn't it? I was gonna say that's that's his kind of go to, isn't it? Mm-hmm. 
on on all of his kind of screaming lead work. Yeah, that's that's the sound that you've got. Yeah, and it it, it did do that. And uh, I haven't mentioned on my uh, on my Instagram account, but it was all done through the uh, the the Line Six Amplify. There was not an amp in sight. It, <laughs> it was it was all modelled. It weren't even there weren't even a proper amp. So I did like yeah. I modelled an AC thirty. Uh, whacked up the gain on it, but because the because the uh, the AC thirty setting is it's quite sedate, it was only like m- like a very mild drive. Uh, yeah. So I put uh, I think it was like a a, a Butler tube driver uh, right. in front of it <laughs> and like set it really trebly to kind of emulate the yeah uh, get that yeah the treble, treble boost treble boost, but also to get a gain boost on it as well. Um, yeah. I used shit loads of reverb, which I didn't even realise I was doing. Um, <laughs> you accidentally used reverb. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it it's it already kind of pre-assigns it to the patches, so it's just like yeah, yeah whatever. It, well, it had reverb and some delay on it as well. Uh, so yeah, that that happened. But it's 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 got that signature kind of squealy tone. So I did that, and yeah, I. If if I can find out a way to do it, if anyone is interested, I will I will share the patch for uh for any Variax users or or whatever. And if you just want to check it out, go into my Instagram account and just check. It's only like a fifteen second clip, but it it was quite impressive. I thought anyway. Yeah, what you need to do is for this time next week, I need you to play the intro to I Want It All on your Instagram. Oh yeah, I will I will try it. I'll, okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll give it a I'll give it a go. I mean that's kind of what the the lick was inspired by anyway. But and I'll learn it m- more <laughs> note for note. <laughs> note for sort of. Note? Yeah, I'll get I'll get the backing track as well. <laughs> um, but yeah, it kind of brings me on to my second point because um, I did that like a couple of days ago. But before that, I was I was going on like a real strat kick. Because um, I I unearthed my old Ibanez Roadstar, uh, which is basically like a Japanese uh, Japanese made Strat, but by Ibanez, and it's wicked. It's really good. It's I I kind of deem them the most Stratty non-Strat that you can get, and you can pick them up for like next to nothing as well, um, and they're just like banging quality. But yeah, I, I pulled that out of storage. Just to see how it was going, um, I might need to get a new switch for it because it's <laughs> <laughs> it's been <laughs> been in storage for a bit longer than it should have been. Um, but it, oh dear, I know. It's a problem when you've got a few too many guitars. Uh, how dare you? There's no such thing. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. And. Um. He says as he hasn't plugged like three of his guitars in this calendar year. <laughs> well, see, so, yeah, I mean, they they are on the schedule, but they've just got to wait the turn. Just got to wait the turn. The problem I have at the moment is, I uh, when I plug a guitar in, the strings are fucked because <laughs> it's been so long since I last played them. So I have to then restring it. Oh, uh, but hey ho, less about that. So playing this Roadstar. Um, it's got it's got some Fletch uh, I think they're Yell pickups which are basically overwound uh, Al Nico fives. Um, I remember asking I I didn't ask for them specifically. I just said give me something that's a bit hot and sounds like Texas. 
Um, so that's what he <laughs> that's what he gave me. Um, and they they are absolutely banging. Um, I I think Stevie Ray Vaughan kind of tone just straight out the gate. And as we know, that guy knew maybe one or two things about tone. Yeah, yeah, he he knew quite a lot about quite a lot of things, like how to play and how to dial in tone. And <laughs> I know he was a bastard. Just, wasn't he? just like guitar-y stuff. He was quite quite good at the guitar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, some would deem him like one of the greats. So yeah. I think I might be kind of leaning towards strats again. Um, but we'll see. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, one thing that also helped me along with, with strat kind of stuff this week, tube screamers work really well with strats. I, I think I may have mentioned it once or twice on the, <laughs> on the podcast before. I don't know uh, what you're talking about. They are just, they're so good. I mean, they fill in the gaps that the, the strat pickup has. Because strap pickups, loads of bass, loads of like kind of shrill twanginess, and nothing really in the center. Um, and tube screamers go, let's tame that bass, let's smoothen that top end, and let's actually put some girth in the center. That's that's a that's a. <laughs> she does like a bit of girth, doesn't that's, she? Yes, a sentence there, isn't it? Put a bit of girth in the center. <laughs> I'm a romantic at heart, mate. Uh, yeah. Uh, so um, I was sent something through the post this week um, from my wonderful friend, Mr. Simon Andrews at JSAFX. Um, he sent me three things, two of which were um, the the green chai uh, minis. So I've got like a two knob version. I've got the one knob version that I tried to build and ended fucking it up. Uh, <laughs> turns out really nice pedal. Uh, if you do it right uh, and he also sent me a a cheese based uh cheese based snack he sent me a cheese string which he describes as cheese adjacent because it's, n- it's not real cheese uh, oh i'd forgotten about that but yeah so cheese string tried that delicious um the one knob um green chai um absolutely fantastic absolutely just amazing uh again does that increase volume as well as drive uh no so the it's the it's the, the the knob is just gain and it it pretty oh, much just gain. yeah it pretty much works uniformly as just a gain control um i mean obviously it does increase the volume slightly yeah, but it's it's not it's not like the sweep of a normal volume knob. No, 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 not at all. The the volume and tone are internal trim pots. So you set the amount of boost that you want. Yeah, if any, you set the kind of the general tone that you want, uh, and then you've got a gain control essentially, which it's pretty cool. Um, I I was trying it this week. I tried it uh, through various gain settings, um, but I kind of settled on it. Gain halfway, um, mm. and it, it it just it does the things that tube screamers are supposed to do. <laughs> Push the mids by any chance? It, though. Yeah, it does. Yeah, <laughs> um, and I was I was playing it through my Variax this week, but not through the modeling software. The the listeners will be 
will be relieved to know <laughs> that I'm not banging right on about it. Yeah. So I was just using it basically as a strat because uh, it's a nice playing guitar anyway. Strats are a thing, aren't they? Yeah, I, it's, yeah. I'm getting massive, massive wood for strats these days. So <laughs> I I don't want to admit it, but the last gig I played, I used the strat sand more than the Les Paul sand on the Variax. You cheeky man! And I even used the bridge pickup. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you hear that, listeners? That is like personal growth there. <laughs> I know it's it's just it, it yeah it's a thing strats are a thing they I mean they do do a thing they do do a thing don't they I think I, I was watching um, one of the videos from uh, that pedal show this week actually and there was a guy on I I don't remember the guy's name he was he was pretty good at guitar um, and he was saying hey like pretty much the first like couple of years of his guitar playing he was les paul through through a marshall stack um and then he started to develop his own style uh and in doing so he he got a strap um he actually made a strap with his dad like it was like a parts caster played it it and it didn't sound anything like a les paul put it onto the bridge pickup it was thin and shrill and horrible and he went ah, bollocks to this and then put the strap on um <laughs> uh, and it's it's completely that it's 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 like managing your expectations and kind of realizing that a strat isn't going to be a humbucker guitar. It's not going to have that same sound. It's not going to react in the same way. But it doesn't need to. Well, no, because that's not like, and that's probably why younger Matt wasn't a big fan because younger Matt liked. Crunchy, Les Paul, Marshall, kind of mesh awesomeness. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it it does a thing. It it really does a thing. But I was trying to get that with a like a, a Vox and a Strat. <laughs> yeah, I, I think there's probably only only bad things lead down that path, don't they? Yeah, and then I was like. I, I, because I had a guitar with humbuckers, I'd always go back to that. But then I set my amp for the guitar with the humbuckers. Yeah. Pick the Strat up with the Tex-Mex pickups, which are, I'm not going to say crap, but they they are brighter than a humbucker. <laughs> Sherlock, no shit. <laughs> um, and couldn't understand why... Yeah. Everything sounded shrill and horrible. Why is this sounding so nasal and so... It's it's biting me. Yeah. And that was back when I didn't realise what the the switches on guitars did. I just left them at the back. Yeah. <laughs> well, again, like, our detective work for why Matt did not like strats. <laughs> that case is, I, case is well and truly blown open now. The, the real problem is I kind of miss my Mexican strat now. I had a, a natural finished Mexican strap that I put a blue pearl, uh, blue pearl scratch plate on. I can, I can. And it see, looked badass. I can see that being being all right. But haven't it's you got a bolt? Forever. You've got a bolt coming on order that's kind of strap flavored, haven't you? Well, strat. it's it's a Gibson Stratocaster, isn't it? <laughs> it is. It's, it's, it's a, a Gibson Stratocaster. It's what's going to happen after Fender buy Gibson. <laughs> 
it's going to be the the new Les Paul. They're going to discontinue the current shaped Les Paul, yeah. and like they did in nineteen whatever it was with the SG when that was the yes. the Les Paul. Oh. This is going to be the new Les Paul. It's going to be an ebony board, mahogany body, maple cap, but with two cutaways shaped like a strap, but with a <laughs> stopped tail bridge. On yeah, it. it's going to be called like the the modern Les Paul double cut. Yeah. And it's actually just got to be a strat. Yeah. I think that's probably a, a nice place to segue into our... I mean, I've got some more stuff that I did this week, but we are, like, vastly running out of time, and we've essentially fellated our own our own doings. We've not even mentioned that the, the, the rest of the guitar world has done anything this week. Um, I mean, has it, though? Haven't we just, like, picked shit that we've seen this week rather than that actually got released this week? Well, that's that's how our news works. We live in a bubble. <laughs> I mean, that's you're expecting, like, actual journalism from uh, essentially a guy who's sat in his kitchen with a laptop on a on a cooker recording <laughs> a podcast, yeah, so. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, it's free. We, we, do, we do this as a... A labour of love. So, we'll talk about what we want. <laughs> so, Fender. 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 Jap. What? <laughs> Factory special one. Indeed. Fairly sexy Robin. <laughs> Only fairly. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've had better. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. So, what have they got? What have they got to wow us then? Jap. I mean, the Jap stuff is usually like proper. It's it's interesting. Whereas, like the the Mexican stuff is safe, and the the, the American standard stuff is like really really safe. Yeah, I mean, like it's not the most outlandish stuff in the world. It's not like um, I mean, there's a couple like the the Mustangs maybe, but we'll get to them in a in a bit. I suppose the first we'll just. You, go in the order of the you article tease, that I you sent tease. you. You've just essentially shown a little leg there, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, I'm just rolling it up so you can just, just about see the ankle, you know. There you go. To get those Victorians going. See, get the penny farthings churning. <laughs> yeah, so I'll start at the top of the article that I, that I managed to find, which is the FSR Japan Classic 60s Strat with gold hardware. Okay, so, um, so <laughs> black scratch plate. Yeah, uh, two three is tone, it three tone sunburst? Three tone sunburst, gold, gold hardware. Yeah, I mean it's mm. it's missing some some yeah. like th- yeah. three letters off the scratch plate. Maybe they should have put FSR on it. That would have been brilliant. <laughs> that would have been brilliant. Oh, yeah. It's also got a little bit too much paint on it, hasn't it? It has. Yeah, but. So it's it's. I mean, we mentioned Stevie Ray earlier. This is very, very Stevie Ray inspired. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's pretty much what I assume that guitar looked like when it came out of the factory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe in t- in terms of looks. Yeah. So yeah, classic kind of sixties style, isn't it? Um, yeah. I mean, it's a it's very vintage sort of. Everything really. It's an older body, maple neck, rosewood board. Yeah, vintage radius. So I'm guessing that's Se- yeah, seven two five. Seven yeah. and a yeah, seven two five. Sorry, um, and it says vintage frets as well. Which are the thinner ones are they? Yeah, rather than medium jumbo. Th- yeah, thin and tall. I think vintage frets are absolute pain in the arse. They are. 
Yeah. And the worst thing in the world is six-point strap trim. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they are there for decoration, aren't they? They are ornamental tremolo systems yeah. only. Just screw the bit at the back with the springs on. Just screw it down a little bit more just to make absolutely sure that it's flat against the the thing and then throw the uh, the trem arm into the crowd That's at your it. first gig. I say weld the thing. Weld it to the... the <laughs> The claw at the back. <laughs> yeah, that's another way to go. Yeah, I mean, it's a mighty cool guitar. and I, I know this came up. Um, this is a bit of a tangent, and like we don't have time for this, but um, Yeomans, your, our, our friend Adam Yeomans has just bought a vintage with gold hardware. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the, um, the, the white Les Pauly style one. The yeah, V100. Yeah. yeah, and Chris was looking at that um, Gretsch that you were talking about last week, which again had gold hardware. Oh, it was it was many, many, many weeks ago this was. It weren't last week, was it? Was it? Yeah. Was the Gretsch not... Maybe, whenever it was, it might have been a while ago. But yeah, um, that had gold hardware. And then um, did you see Gavin Downey posting oh, the, the, Gretsch. The, the Gretsch? The, like... Yeah, it was, not it was, white falcon, it was, yeah, it was, but blue yeah. pelham falcon. It was yeah, it was kind of off white falcon, <laughs> <laughs> but with gold hardware. And I like to me, gold hardware is just it just makes everything better. Like I made sure the pickups that I got from Fletch were gold because everything else on on that SG was gold anyway. Yeah, and I just I just think like gold hardware is just amazing. Uh, uh, <laughs> You don't have to tell me. I mean, I, I replace hardware on stuff that doesn't have gold hardware with gold hardware. <laughs> Even when the rest of the stuff doesn't match just because I want gold bits. Yeah. You know, maybe like 40 years down the line, you finally get them all matching again. Nah. If it works, like, I've I've got it so it work, it's working, I'm fine. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. So the I, I just love the gold hardware, and you know, even on a strat where you don't have gold pickup covers, it still looks freaking incredible. Yeah, it's pretty bang on, and it, and and the fact that it's it's doing that Stevie Ray thing without without the price of the. I mean, because I don't think they do them anymore, but the um the Stevie Ray custom shops. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> The, the one that you looked at and went, well, I'll never be able to afford that. That's it. Yeah, not in my lifetime. Um, but yeah, you're basically, you, you're getting that, but on a on a slight budget. Because I'm thinking, if it's Jap FSR stuff, you're probably, probably talking about seven, eight hundred quid. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I didn't actually look at the prices, which I probably should have done. No, I don't think there were any prices attached to it, but I mean, the the Jap stuff usually comes in under where you'd get the American stuff. Yeah. So, I don't know. But and then, I was going to say that's not the only the only strats, is it? So that was that's kind of like a special uh, in this series of strats, isn't it? Because the other ones don't follow that. Yeah. So the other two were the Japan classic sixties burgundy mist metallic and candy tangerine. Um, yeah, basically like metallic pink and metallic burnt orange. orange. Yeah. Which I think both look great and they're um, 250 mil radius. Yeah, so we're talking like, 10, like 
10, yeah. Yeah, it's probably not 9.5, isn't it? Yeah. And they've got two-point trems on... Oh, sorry. Yeah. What... One has a two-point trail and one's got a six-point. I've, I've got the, bur- oh, the Burgundy Mist has got the two-point, hasn't it? Yeah, and the other one's got the six-point. It also said the Burgundy Mist has got locking tuners, which... it's. It, I mean, usually what you find from the, the Jap stuff is like the vintage tuners, vintage radius, which is the, the stuff that puts me off because they do the double-bound uh, tellies and they're so good. Yeah. And then... But they've got the yeah. crappy... Yeah. Exactly, yeah. exactly that. I'm with you, but yeah, no. So the the Burgundy Mist one, and you're right, it does have the lock and tuners, but the the um, candy the tang- candy tangerine has got the crappy vintage tuners. So and it's got. So yeah, it seems like the Burgundy Mist one is the the modern one, and then the other two kind of do the vintage thing. Yeah. Uh, do they? Does does the Burgundy Mist one have a uh, matching headstock as well? No, no, that's that's comes later on, doesn't it? In the in the ranges. Oh, you tease! Wow, that's it. There's the <laughs> other ankle coming out. I, I, we're slowly getting there. You look at it, you dirty bastards! You <laughs> love that ankle. And then the next one, I think, is the one that both of us would have looked at. It's certainly the one that I looked at um, mm-hmm. that got me sort of even looking at the article. Um, and that's the Fender FSR Japan 60s Telecaster in surf green. Now, I normally don't particularly like green guitars, but a surf green Telecaster with a road, rosewood board always does it for me. Oh, yes. And, yeah, I mean, white pickguard, maybe not so much. Maybe, like... Taut. Maybe taut. Maybe, like, mint, I don't know. But certainly not white. GNL are absolute bastards for doing that. They their their surf green is called Bel Air Green, and that every so often they'll they'll pull one out. It's like surf green, or sorry, Bel Air Green, Torque Guards, like green pickup covers, and I was just like, oh, you know where it's at, GNL. You know. And it. the great the great thing about the GNL tellies as well is they're called ass hats, aren't they? <laughs> Yeah, I think Asat, not Asat. Fuck it up. <laughs> Leo Fender spinning in his grave. Oh, well. But yeah, um, so the, the telly has got like vintage American 58 pickups, so it's like very classic pick, uh, sounding pickups, but it's got the four-way switch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you, so you've got parallel and series as well as neck and bridge. Yeah, so... Essentially, you've got uh, the first three clicks of your standard tele, so bridge, both paired, and then neck. And then the final one is the uh, the series switch, which almost makes it sound like a humbucker. So it thickens everything up. Yeah. Uh, I, I've tried guitars with those on, and it is, it's really useful. It really is. Um, we were having a chat before the cast, however, uh, which... The only thing that annoys me about it is that you, the final position isn't the neck pickup, which is what I'd want it to be. But aside from that, I mean, you've got the four-way switch. You've got uh, two 50mm radius again, so not stupidly circular fretboard. Yep, yeah. and you've got the proper medium jumbo frets as opposed to the skin 
skinny, tall, horrible and vintage ones. Yeah, so, I mean, it seems like they really want you to have a playable telly here. Yeah, I mean, it, it's making me kind of want <laughs> want a telly. I mean, I've 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 got enough guitars. I've still got two on the way. <laughs> yes. So, so um, the answer is no. I won't be getting one, but it's making me want a, te- a proper telly, telly, mm-hmm. as opposed to the two tellies that I've got that have got humbuckers in. One of them still isn't put together. Right. More news on that in like four hundred episodes time when I finally stripped it down. That's it. Another sixty episodes. What episode one twenty? He'll. Uh... He'll have stripped it down, maybe. Mate, I mean, fingers crossed. <laughs> I mean, we're, yeah, I mean, we're doing some good pace, so let's let's keep going. Let's keep going. Come on. So we've got we've we've got the um, the strats, we've got the tele, we've got one final thing as well, haven't we? On this uh, FSR rod. Yeah. So we've we've teased it before. I said Mustang, and you said matching headstock. Um, so I mean, we've pretty much that that's the splurge there, isn't it? It's, yeah, so it is. It's a Fender FSR Japan Mustang in candy apple red and California blue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. California blue looks suspiciously like the blue that Gibson have. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Pelham blue? Yeah, is, Pelham is blue. Is that Gibson's yeah, blue? Yeah, it's kind of like metallic, metallic light blue. And you've got <laughs> metallic light red with the candy apple red. Yeah, uh, matching headstocks. And there again... Um, I think they're they're not particularly going for the classic kind of look that or looks that the um, other ones are, are they? They're, they're, these ones are clearly the modern ones of the range. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think the thing with Mustangs for me is that they are short scale, and I don't think I'd I don't think I'd get along with it. And they've they've got those weird bridges as well, haven't they? Yeah, I mean, we were saying this before. Like, it it looks like they've gone to put a Jazzmaster or a Jaguar bridge on and gone. Actually, now nah, we'll just bend this metal up here and put strings through that. That's it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like trem system meets stop bar. It's got all of the kind of aesthetic of the the uh, the Jazzmaster trem, but none of the trem. <laughs> yeah, it's just looks odd. But yeah. Um, I mean, there's not much info on this apart from Alnico pickups. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's literally all they tell you. So I imagine they'll be all right. Um, not really a guitar for me. Out of those lot, I would say the Tele is definitely my number one, the one that I would want to try. The yeah. second only to the, uh, the the Burgundy Mist as well, I think, is the, the runner-up in this. Yeah, I think had the Stevie Ray Vaughan, sorry, the the Tritone Sunburst. <laughs> um, just say it as it had is. That, <laughs> had that not had a 7.25 radius, yeah. um, I think I'd have been all over that. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a deal breaker for me as well. I kind of like to be able to like bend notes and actually use the guitar. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's just I don't want to have like searing wrist pain. So, yeah, yeah, Burgundy Mist all the way. Yeah, and like to be fair, what I want is the Burgundy Mist features on with yeah, on the color of the tangerine. Actually, okay, that's what I I I actually like that candy tangerine. Cool. 
so there you go check those out if you if you like fender stuff i think generally speaking it's a bit more interesting than you find in the normal ranges um yeah it is it's it's totally different from like the player or the american professional is that what they're called now i nearly said american standard but that's not a thing anymore is it i, I know we're we're supposed to be like keeping on top of this stuff but i can't i can't just I, <laughs> i've given up <laughs> Yeah, I think it is American professional. Yeah, but who who knows? Yeah. Basically, what what was the standard? Why'd they yeah. have to change it on us? <laughs> to, con- to confuse you in the middle of a podcast, so you don't know where you are anymore. That's it. Yeah. Well, hats off to your Fender. It worked. Uh, we we've got so that that's kind of Fender's stuff. What happened recently? Um, but we've got um a little bit of a. A spotlight uh, this week, haven't we? So last week we did a spotlight on the the Ibanez range, um, and we've got uh, another brand which kind of keeps cropping up for us. And uh, Matt, you'd mentioned it a little bit earlier, hadn't you? Yeah, I mean, um, so obviously I've got the their SG. So the the brand is Vintage Vintage Guitars, which I think is it something to do with JHS Effects? Are they no, sort no. of linked? No, 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 no. So. John Hornby Skews is uh, is the distributor for it. Uh, Why? Okay, I, which I knew there was a link to do somewhere. with. Yeah, it's got nothing to do with Josh. Um, whatever his face is, Josh HS. Yeah. Okay. Well. Well. Um, so basically, like you were saying about the the different. Um, Ibanez's last week. Um, I was thinking about like all the times where we've mentioned Strats or Tellies or yeah, Les Pauls on the cast, and we've always spoken like for Strats, it's always the Squire Classic vibe. It's always you know the like, and then we talk about like the Mexican ones and they're not being that good, and you know <laughs> the vintage modified stuff, and we never actually look at anything else in that price point. And from everybody that I know that's ever played any of the vintage stuff. Yeah, they've always said it's above and beyond its price point, and I'd like from the SG that I had, I get that feeling as well. Like the pickups were a bit lacking in the SG. Some people get on with the pickups that are in some of the guitars, yeah, other yeah. than say that they're perfect modern platform. But I mean, um, like the vintage V6, the the Strat, um, Chris Wilson had one, didn't he? And he <laughs> yeah took took the pickups out. And then it ended up with Josh, didn't it? Yep. And then that ended up with uh, with Yeomans as well. <laughs> oh, is that, has that actually happened? I didn't know whether it was. Yeah. Was that part of the deal, was it? Yeah, that's. So it, it went from Chris to Josh, then to to Yeomans, and he he's traded that in for the the V one hundred. Right. Okay. So. <laughs> yeah. But he's gone for another vintage. He has. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. I mean, his his uh, argument for it was it was a fantastic guitar. It sounded great. It played great. He's got four other strats. So, yeah, and that's so. I think that's why Josh let it go as well. Like Josh got himself a custom shop strat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And when you've got a custom shop, you're not going to pick up a a two hundred and fifty quid vintage, are you? Yeah, well, you're almost kind of financially uh, obligated to. To pick up the more expensive one, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. When when you've just dropped 
a, a chunk of money like that. So, like, I get why why Josh wanted rid of it. And Chris, after he sold it, said he wish he hadn't, and then he said he wasn't too fussed, and then he said he wish he hadn't again, as he always does. Classic, <laughs> but I mean, classic like, Chris. The they uh, like obviously he enjoyed that. Now, um, our friend Ian from Iron Sam um, loves his. Uh, 58 telly is it yeah i th- I believe he's a, a vintage endorsed artist now actually he is um but yeah it's the vintage v58 he's got which is like not quite a original telly like they've got the 52 the 58 and then everything after that goes rosewood yeah but um the 58 is just a little bit not quite as how do you put like yeah not not as traditional looking yeah yeah, tradition. Yeah, um, but I mean, again, and he he said he picked that up. He bought a classic vibe as an upgrade and never uses it because the vintage was that good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think because he, he's got he's got like this bastardized. Um, it's like a thin line, classic vibe, thin line, but with an affinity neck, and that was his go-to for for forever and a day. Then he bought the vintage, and then he finds himself going to that. But he's also got, I believe, and don't quote me on this one, but I think he's got one of the uh, the Monterey strats. Yeah, did he not pick that up recently? I don't know. Um, I think, but he's what it's, it's one of these where like he got one vintage and now he's suddenly like getting loads, and it, he's he's uh, endorsed by them, and he he's the kind of guy who would not put his name to something just for the financial gain of it. He does it because he genuinely believes in their stuff. Yeah, which I know it's just another thing. And like I say, I've, every time that we've talked about budget instruments, I've always forgotten about vintage, and I kind of feel a little bit stupid looking through their range as I was sort of today. The fact that they've got, you know, if you want a telly with a maple board, they do it. If you want a telly with a rosewood board, if you want a thin line, if you want thin line with two humbuckers if you like and if you want obviously yeah. they do les pauls as well they do sgs strats road one strats you know you name it they do it which is just yeah it's it's a really cool company that's doing a lot of what are really good guitars at really good value yeah I, it's they seem like the uh the kind of the unsung hero that they just keep plugging away and just doing like really solid stuff and the people who know about them like really really dig it because i mean ian ian's one of them yeomans has just bought one after uh after having one of the the v6s um our our friend he's not been on the cast yet but chris campbell um he swears that he's he's got a a les paul studio like a gibson les paul studio (laughs) Uh, and he's got um, a, a V100 yeah, a, lemon burst. Yeah, it? like a, it's the one that's kind of modelled on the, the AFD uh, strap, uh, slash sig. <laughs> no. AFD, AFD strap. Yeah, the slash, slash sig, not the, um, not the strat, of course. Uh, and he says <laughs> it's it plays better than the, the Gibson. It just, it's just, he plays it more. Um, yeah. And. This is he's a guy again who he doesn't just buy cheap stuff. He's got like I say, he's got a, a Les Paul studio, but he's got um he's got like a 
Richie Sambor of Fender Strat as well. Yeah, um, which looks badass. Yeah, it's 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 not a cheap instrument, and he's he's often out gigging this this vintage. So it just it speaks speaks volumes for their their stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, you wanted to do a little uh, a spotlight on a couple of their their standouts for you, didn't you? Yeah. So basically, um, like you picked three guitars out of the the range from. What's the, what are they call Urbaners. Uh, Ibanez last week. I did. Um, the ones I I picked out um, from the the vintage range at the moment is the V6 Icon Distressed. So it's basically their Strat, but it's um, a, a road road worn version. Yeah, yeah. Um, they do it in uh, Laguna Blue, which is you know Fender's blue, light blue, <laughs> whatever. Is it Lake Placid? Yeah, blue? Lake Placid. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's on sale at the moment as a road-worn finish for 245 quid. Not bad, um, not bad. Get, yeah, which is, you know, and it's, they're not vintage radiuses either, so they're, I think they're nine and a half. Yeah, they're, they're um, playable. Fretboard, rosewood fretboard, which for me is kind of, I won't say a must, because my Cabernet doesn't have a vintage fret, sorry, a rosewood fretboard, yeah. but... Looks wise, I always prefer rosewood, and feel I always prefer it as well. Mm. I think the only th- reason I like it on the Cabernet is the f- like I mentioned this the other week, and we said some people won't believe it happens, but I think it gives that little bit of compression, like yeah, tightens everything up. And you know whether whether you think that that happens or not, in my head it does, yeah. and therefore it does. Yeah, yeah, I mean, again, it comes back to that uh, that perception of. Uh, if your your tone is the tone that you're getting, doesn't matter if it's if it's only perceived or if it's the actual tone that you're getting. If it's if it's inspiring you, you play better. It yeah. it does it for you. Yeah, but yeah, I think that the sort of the the distressed look, um, Laguna Blue as they call it, um, Strat, I think is probably my favourite one in there. And like you say, they've got the the Monterey strap. They've got a, a white strap with a reverse headstock as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they've got some some really cool looking ones. They've, they've even got HSS ones, which you'd think I'd go for because it's got a humbucker in the bridge. But I think just a three single coil strap, I'm kind of almost being dragged to war. Yeah. <laughs> and the the thing to to mention about pretty much all of the the uh, vintage stuff as well is. It comes as standard with Wilkinson uh, branded hardware, yeah. Which I I use to upgrade a lot of, especially like the bridges. I use to upgrade. I used it to upgrade my uh, my Mexican uh, thin line telly, which had a Fender stamped yeah. bridge. I actually took that out and put a a Wilkinson one because it had compensated saddles, um, and it. It performs better with that on it. Yeah, and I think that's something that a lot of people do, especially with like your your lower end squires yeah, yeah, or yeah. your um or your even your Mexicans, like you say. Um like Wilkinson hardware is nothing to be sniffed at. It's it might not be the most expensive brand out there, but it's certainly uh it's solid, it's dependable it's and it book. works. Yeah. In fact, the tuners as well I, I took because it, it had vintage tuners on the um the thin line. Um, and 
Wilkinson do a direct um, replacement with the standard hole posts. Right. Okay. The the our vintage uh, vintage space. Yeah, the the size because it's eight point three mil, I think. Whereas your modern ones are uh, ten mil. Yeah. So it just meant I could drop in a set of normal tuners, and they they perform great. I have absolutely no tuning issues with the thin line at all. Nice. Um. So yeah, I I, I can't say uh like can't say enough great things about the Wilkinson hardware. Yeah. Um, the next guitar I was going to move on to is the V62, which is the rosewood uh, bordered standard telly. Okay. Um, so we mentioned earlier the V52, which is obviously um, looks like um, the boss's broadcaster. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, the the V58, which is the one that I said Ian's got, which is like a um, a blonde colour with a slightly lighter maple neck. Yeah, like a trans blonde, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, well, the, the V62 is blonde again, but with a rosewood board, which is just like I said, that's me. Um, yeah, I, I'd pick it like if I was going for a standard telly out of the thing, and again, 249 is the price point, um, which is just yeah. Uh, I mean, that you're yeah. talking like used classic vibe there, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. You, and, and that's for the, the brand new one, um, yeah. And actually, guitar, guitar are out of stock, which shows you just how much people like these guitars. Uh huh. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I say, it's, it's I'm probably showing my thing because it's very similar to the Strat in that it's a rosewood yeah. standard. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's a, the other one was a rosewood standard Strat. This is a rosewood standard Tele. Um, but yeah, like I, if I was going for a Tele out of the range, that's the one I'd go for. Yeah, I think the uh, the Birmingham Guitar Show. We uh, both me and uh, me and Yeomans played. It was it was a distressed. Uh, it was a distressed telly. I think it might have been the fifty two. I don't know. Yeah, but it, it it played well. It sounded really good actually. I was surprised at the um the Wilkinson pickups. But yeah, yeah, that's cool. And you got one final one, yeah. haven't you? You got one. Yeah, and um, we're we're going back to gold hardware again, and um, I'm going for the Les Paul that looks like a Les Paul custom. <laughs> Go for it. Oh, is this the the, the V100 but custom? Yeah, so it's vintage V100 reissue, um, black with gold hardware. Yeah, double bound as um, well. They are. It, the th- yeah, double bound. Quite a thick body. Just, yeah. Yeah, just it it just looks incredible. It's slightly more expensive than the others. It's two hundred and sixty four pound, not two hundred and forty nine. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can tell there's a bit of extra money in it. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's the binding for you. You know, yeah. all that extra. But yeah, um, gold hardware. Yeah, it just does it for me. Um, it's got a white scratch plate that you can take off and throw in the bin. Well, you could do, I suppose. Yeah. That's, that's what you do with the, stra- the the scratch plates on a Les Paul, isn't it? The, uh, to be honest, yeah, my um, my Gibson. The day that I got it, I took the scratch plate off, and I don't think it's been back on since. I've even taken yeah. it off the Midtown now, actually, as well. 
just yeah you see i can i take it more on a hollow body than i would on on the on the les paul i i, I wouldn't I, I can't have them on les pauls yeah just about get away with it on hollow body yeah I, it it works it i mean it took it took me a good like 3 or 4 years before i took the took the plate off my <laughs> my mid tain i might put it back on i don't know who knows have to wait have to wait and see yeah um I did a little bit of research on the um, on the vintage brands. Um, in fact, actually, when I was uh, when I, when I was looking at buying a telly about probably last year at some point, I was looking between two or three different brands, and this is one of the tellies that I was looking at. And it can I just stop you there? Oh yeah, sure. How many how many tellies did you own at the time you were looking to buy a telly? Hmm. Five. Okay, five. that's fine. I just, I just needed clarification. Five, five tellies. <laughs> but apparently, one more is the correct number. Uh, N plus one. Yeah, what's it? Well, this is T plus one. How many tellies? Um, <laughs> similar, similar equation. Anyway, so uh, it was a toss-up between the vintage uh, V seventy-two, uh, the I think the um, classic vibe thin line, and the Revelation RTE custom, and that's the one that I went for, um, purely because it's a double bound telly. Um, however, the, the vintage V72 is still, it still holds a soft spot in my heart. Um, so what draw me, draw me to this? It's, a uh, uh, tobacco burst finish with a natural binding around it. Um, it's an alder body maple neck. I think maybe a maple veneer on the front as well. I don't know. Um, it has a graphite nut as standard, uh, standard. Nice. Yeah, I know, yeah. <laughs> Wait until I tell you the price. Um, like, standard tele, uh, bridge pickup and a mini humbucker neck, which was almost the selling point because I, want, I wanted actually a P90, but I know that um, mini humbuckers and P90 spacing is quite similar. So you could you could probably get away with it. Um, You're just going to cram a P90 in there, are you? Yep. <laughs> Uh, these come up at two seven nine. So, yeah. Uh, like, how do they do guitars at that price point? Like, I know, I know, we're saying that they're they're in the same kind of region as Squire, like the top end Squires. Mm. The way that people talk about them, yeah, yeah. But yeah, you're talking like. At least knocking it's half the price of a classic vibe. Well, it's at least knocking hundred pound off, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, because the the classic vibes are creeping up and up and up. And like we, we've talked about the V one hundred as well, which is a, a lot cheaper than an Epiphone Les Paul standard. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, I think they are, they are a brand, aren't they? They are definitely a brand. Um, they they often get overlooked because there's. It is so, it's such a savage uh, point in the market for so many, so much choice. I think they've also got a stigma of their early stuff not being yes the best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, when they when they started off, 
it had this ethos in mind, but didn't quite match up to that. And you'd, you'd find people who had vintages who it was almost like, oh, they, they couldn't spring for the Squire, so they had to get the vintage. Yeah, I, like the the first guitar I play vintage I ever saw was an SG that didn't play anywhere near as good as that SG that I've got next door. Yeah. Um, yeah, like the their early stuff, I'm talking like I was playing it 10 years ago and it wasn't new then, so it's probably like early 2000s, might even have been late 90s if they were around then, I don't know, but it was... Yeah. It was not as good as my Epiphone Gibson, uh, Epiphone SG three ten. Yeah, I, I I got that that vibe from them early on, but hopefully that that stigma kind of gets shaken. And what I'm hoping is that new like new guitarists come into it, seeing the vintage brand, picking them up, and just being like, actually, these are these are legit. Yeah. Um, and and I think I think people are like there's more people you see now selling them on the gear exchange, which means more people are picking them up. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. And I think I think that's where we've got to wrap it today. We've we've got we've got more. We've got loads of stuff today, um, but it's stuff that we can we can save for next week. And I reckon we will. It's almost like we've been looking around on the internet. <laughs> yeah, we've we've actually done some fucking research for once. <laughs> crazy <laughs> crazy stuff man crazy stuff right Bye. so if you want to get yourself involved in this conversation you can go on the the fret talk podcast group which is on facebook like we've, we've had loads of interactions this week which is brilliant um and i, I want to see i want to see more of it i want to see you guys really getting involved and getting getting your topics onto this uh onto this podcast Shoot us some uh, some brands that you want to want us to talk about as well, because we've mentioned Ibanez last week. We've mentioned Vintage this week. There's got to be brands out there which is you guys are playing that we're not talking about. So definitely get them in the uh, get them in the Facebook group. Get us talking about them, uh, and even point us to some of the guitars that you think are real standouts. Um, if you want to catch me online, you go facebook.com slash budgetpedalchap. You go instagram.com slash budgetpedalchap. You go youtube.com and then type in budget pedal chap um, and you'll find me hairy bloke you can't miss me <laughs> um, and I will probably be touting like all manner of <laughs> Fletcher pickups and JSA effects and <laughs> Mojo <laughs> yeah. that's it yeah <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll be doing all that if you want to catch Matt online um, he's he does another awesome podcast which I actually had to listen to this week um, oh did you? I did yeah I'll, I'll have a chat with you after the, after the cast about that, um, which is the Bad Bookers podcast. It's a wrestling podcast. It's a wrestling podcast about wrestling. So if you like wrestling and you like Matt, well, I mean, you don't have to like both concurrently, um, <laughs> but if you like either Matt or wrestling or both, you, you find him on that. He's a, a, a co-host in the Bad Bookers podcast. You can also find him on Twitter at heel underscore Matt Q, not heel Correct. underscore MQ or Matt Quizzle or whatever you said last week. <laughs> heel yeah, underscore <laughs> That's it. <laughs> heel <laughs> underscore Matt Q. So that's where you find him. Uh, we've got yeah. a cornucopia of other other co-hosts and guests who you can can check out. So 
go back through the catalogs listen to those uh show us some love rate us on itunes and and all this all this jazz and share us with your friends and family perhaps not young family because we do swear yeah yeah definitely like 13 plus yeah probably look at pg 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 13 if we're going off off american tv ratings that's it (laughs) or at least like kind of adult supervision so you can can quickly (laughs) put your hands over their ears and go la 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 he didn't just say (laughs) anal fisting Uh, you want to go back and listen to some of our old Bad Bookers podcasts, mate. <laughs> there you go. So th- there's there's a little bit of a health warning if you do go to the go to the Bad Bookers podcasts. <laughs> oh, today's been a good one. I've enjoyed it, and I hope you guys I... have a have to as well. It's it's always fun doing these things, and we do it for you. So thank you for listening. From your host, Mister Budget Pedal Chap, from Mister Matt Quine, that will be a goodbye and good night for this week. Goodbye and good night. Ta-da, a bit. Tatty Say hello. Hello. Way. Say. Hello. Am I supposed? Yeah. Just. What am I supposed to say? Just, just say hello to our listeners. Um. Hi, listeners. To. Fuck. I don't know what to say, dude. This is not my thing. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Joshua. <laughs>